Today's Happy Healthy You podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash happy healthy you. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. There is more wisdom in your body than in your deepest philosophy. And he was a wise philosopher, so he must know. So today we're going to talk about the mind-body connection, one of my favorite, favorite subjects here on Happy Healthy You, the podcast, because as you know, this podcast is all about living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. I'm Connie Bowman, the host of this weekly podcast, and if you're a new listener, there's almost three years of weekly podcasts with great subject matter like this one. And today I'm talking to... Someone I'm so excited to discuss the mind-body connection with, Dr. Tony Luisa Rivera. She is a chiropractor, but she's so much more. She graduated from Life Chiropractic University in Georgia in 85, and she opened her first practice in Puerto Rico in 85 that same year and she practiced there until 94 when she relocated to Santa Fe, New Mexico. But her story is so interesting. During her time practicing in Puerto Rico, she was of service to so many people who flocked to her chiropractic practice. And that experience opened her to noticing patterns of emotional, mental, spiritual stresses in her clients that produced physical patterns in their bodies. And these patterns, although they were similar in some cases, they were specific to each individual patient and their responses to their lives. And this really intrigued her. So she began her search for a means to engage these other aspects of the person that so intimately affect our health and the ability to heal. And as she studied these various methods the ability to involve the client in his or her own healing journey through personal awareness seemed to be missing for Dr. Tony. And she believes she discovered a way to address this personal aspect of healing on meeting Alana Rubenfeld, the founder of the Rubenfeld Synergy Method, which I'm also super interested in. And she became her teacher and mentor when she joined the Rubenfeld Synergy Method training program in 1993. She graduated in 96 from that center in New York and began to integrate the RSM into her chiropractic practice. She joined the faculty of the RSM training program in 97, and she presently continues to teach in New York and California while maintaining her private practice down in Santa Fe, New Mexico. She has written a new book, and there is so much more. I just gave you the basics of Dr. Tony's experience with her uh, her training, but in her new book, The Propelled Heart, she talks about her personal experience that unfolded for her, and it's such a raw and really heart heartfelt biography of her life, and and just the way that her experience has been woven into her practice and her healing. Her healing ministry, really. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Dr. Tony. I can't wait to talk to you about all of this. Well, I'm so excited to be here, Connie. Thank you so much for inviting me. 
I read The Propelled Heart, and I was in tears hearing your story. I mean, you were so honest in talking about the memories of abuse that came up for you as you you worked with your own body's wisdom. And I, I, I don't want to give away too much in the book, but I just, I was so moved by the honesty uh, about which you spoke or you wrote um, about your childhood and how it, how it really informed your work. And, and it's, you've really become one of those, we call them wounded healers, don't we? And, um, and according to Sean Korn, the great yogi who who I so respect, the wounded healers make the best healers. Mm. You know, it really takes that journey within to uh, let all the gifts out, you know, and one of my teachers also Donald Epstein would say that, your greatest gifts to the world come through your deepest wounds. Mm. And we need to go there to, we need to allow our there. gifts to emerge. Yeah, it's scary to go there, but I, I don't know. I guess we'll go there. <laughs> we'll go there with you and maybe... <laughs> it maybe... is kind of scary, you know? <laughs> yeah, but in going there, I, I, I think this conversation hopefully will be an impetus for some people to take a look and really tap into the the wisdom of the body. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. So I want to start with the reason behind writing The Propelled Heart. Can we can we just start there and maybe talk about what inspired you to, to write this book? Because as I said, it's such an honest accounting of everything you've been through in your life. Well, it's, it, it's very interesting. I had always been um, wanting to write a book, I guess. I've had an interesting life. And besides the childhood part, and I love telling stories. So the book seemed to be on the horizon, but far off when I was younger. And something happened a couple years ago, and I have done so much of my own healing. Something inside said, well, now's the time. And I did not mean to include my deepest personal story. But as I learned to write and had some great mentoring with writing, I um, and writing from the right brain. I just couldn't write from the left brain like here's the table of contents and what I want to put in it. I just couldn't go from there. And as I started to go into my more creative side, what came out and needed to be told was my story. And um, I've had a great response in that many people have been moved to go deeper in their own healing uh, by reading my story. And if it can serve in that way, then it definitely was all worth it. Mm, I think, yeah, when we tell our stories, we really give permission for others to do the same and really be truthful about that and, and come to an awareness of, of what's going on because the awareness creates the opportunity for healing. So Right. And we're not alone. You know, I'm, so many people in, in each of us, if we stay alone in our own story, we feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And when we can talk about it and really be honest about everything, all of our feelings and the things that have happened, and you don't need to know every detail, but whatever you do know or what really emerges from the body is what's necessary to heal. So we can trust the body in that. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can start there. Let's talk about your personal symptoms. What was your body trying to tell you as you were you were getting these messages? Because I've had that experience too. I had uh, when I was in my twenties, I was having some anxiety and some panic attacks, and I I was asking myself that question, like, "What are you trying to tell me?" And I really didn't have the resources, but 
Um, what was your body trying to tell you in those years when you were exploring some of these symptoms? Well, you know, some one of the first things was that I always had an extreme ability to uh, to work really hard. <laughs> and um, that office in Puerto Rico, I was noticing everybody else and I would see 70 people a day. I mean, I worked such long hours. I just fell in bed at night. And um, when I started exploring for others at first, uh, why the body mind was important and I saw it in others. And then when I started receiving the Rubenfeld synergy um, sessions myself, I right away it became apparent, apparent my reaction to being touched. I could touch everybody else. But it was my reaction to being touched, especially on my face um, and my legs, you know, and that started to tell me. And then as I realized that my habitual behaviors of uh, the workaholic syndrome and uh, my the way I was with other people, my relationships, these all started telling me something's going on, something happened, you know, mm-hmm. and um I've always had a recurring torticollis, which is when your neck gets stuck. Mm. And um, I haven't had that again. Uh, I used to get it every year or so where I would just be combing my hair and my neck would get stuck. Extreme pain. And you can't move your head. And it always, um, I, it took a while. I started realizing it was related to emotional issues. But as I went through my healing journey and the last time I had it was probably 15 or 18 years ago uh, because of going, I, the last time it happened, I went straight to the emotion and working with my body with it and cried and painted and just really went into it. And I've never had it again. Mm, that's so interesting. Let's just take a little sidetrack and talk about the Rubenfeld Synergy method. Somebody actually talked to me about this years ago and said I would be working with someone on this. And when this popped up, I'm like, oh, maybe this is it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have not. I mean, I've tried Alexander Technique and, and I know there's some similarities. But can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, uh, the Rubenfeld Synergy method the the brainchild of Alana Rubenfeld is uh, she was really a pioneer in combining things and she was actually one of the first conductors the first woman conductor from graduating from Juilliard 1959 mm-hmm. and she started getting neck problems and she went to an Alexander teacher who helped her get in touch with the emotions that were involved with her posture the Alexander technique as you mentioned mm-hmm. is awareness through your posture how you use your body. And, um, but then when she would cry, they didn't know what to do. So she started getting therapy and the talk therapy, they wouldn't touch her. So she didn't have the emotions. So she started saying, well, we need to combine these things. And, um, she had the fortune to become an Alexander teacher and then work with Fritz and Laura Pearls, who are the founders of Gestalt therapy. And, um, she would spend the summers with them and she would, touch the people as they gave sessions. Okay, so as they did talk therapy with people, she would touch their body and she began to unravel the mystery of how when the mind is thinking something and maybe even believes it, if the body's not congruent or on the same page, the body's truth was a deeper truth than what the mouth might be saying. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah, yeah. 
So she went on and then had the fortune. She spent 10 years with Moshe Feldenkrais, and that's awareness through movement. So she combined, these are the three basic elements that she uh, centered, hence the word synergy. Um, And Buckminster Fuller actually helped her come up with that name. He said, my dear, you are doing synergy. And that means that the, uh, the whole is more than the sum of its parts. So there's a magic that happens when you use touch, talk, and movement and increase the awareness of the client that leads to a, an insight, an aha moment, as Alana would call it, for the person themselves that is so much deeper than being told something from the outside. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's an awareness from the inside. And that's the key. That's the key. Yeah. I want to read this passage from the book. You say, the body is talking to us all the time if we would but listen. We discover a rich tapestry when we begin to hear the language of the body's sensation. This wisdom is coming to us in various forms through the body, both physical and emotional or energetic. For what is emotion but energy in motion? The energy moving in the body has a specific physical sensation and corresponding emotion. So how did you start to put those pieces together where the the messages the body is putting forth? How do you connect those to the emotion or the physical the with the physical sensation? Well, you know, I, I guess through my years, I, I had the, the great good fortune to be prepared, if you will, for the Rubenfeld training in the way that I had already seen thousands and thousands of people in a physical way. So I really know the body well and uh, the anatomy, the physiology. And then when adding that extra layer of the emotional content and the idea that when I touch somebody, their their cells, their tissues actually telling me a story that might be different from what their mouth was saying. And when I started to track these different things, which is what Alana teaches in the, the Rubenfeld Synergy Method, I started to notice, too, these uh, the deeper emotional uh, content, which is also from that training. And uh, it started just to come together in my way of working with people that um, the way somebody moves tells you something about them, the way they move in their life, the way they treat themselves. Just in a simple thing, when the person's lying on the floor, I I lead body-mind movement exercises. And um, if I say roll your head from side to side, just the way the person treats themselves in rolling their head you can tell how they push or, uh, you know, themselves in their life or not. You know, if they're gentle with themselves, they'll be gentle. If they're rough with themselves, they're rough. And these are uh, ways we've incorporated into our life that might not be in our awareness at all. Just clues, clues. Yeah, it's really pretty miraculous the way your career has unfolded. Just, And I like to say God puts us on a need to know basis. That's how it it feels for me. It's like one thing happens that informs the next step, but we can't go too far ahead because we'll just, we'll miss all those steps along the way. So it's pretty cool. It is a step by step. It's the experience. It's amazing really when you, when you go back and look at life and Mm -hmm. what's, what comes in its sequence when you're ready. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing, if you're taking the steps, if you're listening 
Yes. Which leads me to intuition, because you talk about that a little bit in your book, how your intuition blossomed as you started doing this work. You talk about how maybe you can talk about for you and for others who might be listening, the importance of tuning into that inner voice and trusting it. Well, I um, have become so enamored, really, with teaching intuition because everyone's intuitive. And I hear all the time people say, oh, that's just you. And, well, it's because I paid attention and developed it. But there are uh, ways to enhance your own. So I have developed a workshop series to assist people. And I see intuition as the bridge between the soul and the ego. And there, the more we use that bridge and learn our language, our inner language, it gets stronger and stronger. We could be more in tune with our soul's mission, with our soul's uh, message on earth. And um, they, just like some people are more kinesthetic, meaning they, they sense things through feeling. Some people are more visual. Some people are more auditory or through their hearing. Um, some people even, it's less frequent, but... Taste and touch can be important. I mean, taste and smell. So by listening to how we uh, experience things, we can get in touch with how information is coming to us. And that's the intuitive sense where, um, and the more you develop it, they kind of become mixed together. Like I can feel something move in somebody's body. I don't use hard structural techniques like a traditional chiropractor now, I use subtle techniques, but often under my hand, the bone will move and I, it doesn't make a sound outside, but somehow I hear it inside my ears. So the, the senses get mixed. And um, this is a uh, intuitive experience when you're experiencing the different layers of a, um, of a subject. Uh, you know, I might be getting a little ahead of the game there. <laughs> no. Well, it's really fascinating. And I'm sure for you, it's become sort of old hat. But for those of us who are just tapping into our intuition and, and maybe starting and need a teacher like you, it's it's really fascinating to hear about your process, how how you would go through that. The second half of the book of your book is filled with exercises that we can do to tap into our body's wisdom and all kinds of things. Maybe we can save uh, one of your favorites for later. I want to continue on with this journey through this book because it's really so fascinating. You say that another challenge in our modern culture is that we are encouraged to not listen, to obliterate the messages our body is sending us. How true is that? Oh, my goodness. It's all around us. Oh. Everything is just trying to block, it seems like. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, look at the commercials on TV. You know, if you if your stomach's upset, take this pill and you can eat whatever you want. Or if you feel bad, take this pill and you won't feel it. And, it's, and really, all those signals are the body's wisdom trying to get our attention. Mm, totally, totally. Yeah, there is, we are definitely in a culture of the quick fix. And right. And a lot of these modalities that you're using are not necessarily quick fixes. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, it can be amazing depending on the willingness of the person to receive the messages from their inner knowing, uh, the quicker the healing can be. And many simple things 
will resolve very quickly just and I have an exercise in mind to do here okay. uh, coming up but um, some of the simpler things meaning um, something that seems to have no apparent physical reason for why it hurts or whatever I hear it all the time my neck hurts I didn't do anything I didn't do anything <laughs> and I'll say but what were you thinking <laughs> mm. um, so uh, many times just paying attention and doing one of the simple exercises that are one of the beginning exercises from the book things will resolve but even if you have a very serious organic disease the just by tuning in and listening to the messages you can begin to heal the deeper patterns that have caused disease in your life and you can be a very active role in your healthcare that goes beyond any kind of treatment make any treatment more effective okay i want to go back to that neck thing because i'm a neck i'm a neck person i go, i come from a long line of stiff necks <laughs> my dad my dad poor dad he's like I see him now and he's, you know, 20 some years older than me, but to turn his head, I go, oh, that's me in the future if I'm not careful. So I'm, I'm very aware of that. Can you, is there a common answer when you ask that question for, for neck, neck sufferers, <laughs> stiff, <laughs> stiff, stiff neck sufferers? Is there a common answer for what were you thinking? Well, you know, the um, what I find is that there are a lot of popular books nowadays that have, for instance, areas of the body related to specific issues. And what I find is that's a place to start. And each person is unique. So right. the neck, especially the lower neck and the upper dorsal area, you know, that that junction there across the shoulders is no coincidence that it's like that's the yoke area. That's where people carry their burdens. And uh, many times starting to look at uh, what's happening or what does the person feel burdened by is a place to start. And it might be a person, a place, a thing, a situation, you know, a job. It might be something very old which in my case, it was very much related um, when I would get that stiff neck and not be able to move was related to me getting emotionally triggered the emotions that were from when I was a very young child uh, and suffering the sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. So if anything in my life now, which it didn't, wouldn't apparently seem like it was related to that would trigger deeply held emotions. And that's what set off my neck. So Burden is the first answer, you know, how are you burdened? But then looking deeper and deeper into uh, the interplay of the emotions on that. Yeah. How does what? it make you feel to be burdened? Okay. Do you feel trapped? Do you feel, you know, That's... overdrawn? You know, those kind of things. So fascinating. You know, the idea of the, the classic pain in the neck or shouldering the burden, you know, all those <laughs> euphemisms that we have are very meaningful, actually, and we, we kind of toss them away. We should pay more attention. Also, physically, you can feel the way the tissue feels. Uh, sometimes also the neck is when you're trying to figure something out uh, that you're carrying. Like um, you have to figure it out. You have to figure it out. The neck really gets involved in that. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? The neck gets very involved with that. Interesting. Interesting. You also say in the book, and I like this, it's along those same lines. It's important in seeking healing for the body that we also receive the message that the body is sending, because in that receiving, 
we have that awareness and we don't have to repeat the same sensations or illness or injury so that it's it's essentially healed right once we once we get the message a lot of times it's it's the healing is done exactly that's why some simple things can be I remember one time uh, I had a knee pain that had I hadn't done anything and I hadn't fallen or anything. And uh, finally, I was, uh, I think I relate that in the book where a friend had wanted to go swim with the dolphins in, uh, in the Bahamas. Now, you know, growing up in Puerto Rico, I've seen dolphins, but there were no, you couldn't go swim with the dolphins. I really wanted to go, but I had just moved here and it wasn't financially wise. So, but I kept saying to myself, I can't, I can't, I can't. And one day I was driving, the knee was hurting, and it just struck me. I said, I can go. I can put everything on the credit card. That's what credit cards are for. I can go if I want to. I'm choosing not to because it's not wise at this time. Mm. And my knee stopped hurting and never hurt again. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I bet you have so many stories of patients who have achieve those similar similar healings do, do any of them stand out I mean of course you never mention names but does anyone right. stand out that had sort of a classic symptom and they worked through this with you and they've achieved uh, healing yes uh, it's so amazing the um, the extent what we were mentioning a little while ago some things can be very serious like a disc injury when the disc is swollen in the spine, uh, that protruding or prolapsed is the official term, uh, it can be very serious and it can take a very long time to heal. Uh, extreme pain and really an inability to move. And one of the cases that was miraculous was the person was carried in, this was many years ago, and it doesn't happen all the time, but uh, she was carried in because she couldn't stand up. And she had been this way for a couple of weeks. And somebody said, you have to go to Tony. And uh, they brought her in. And she, I got her to, uh, you know, be able to lay down, first of all, to lay flat. I put my hand on her, the area of her low back where the disc was uh, protruding. And I had her describe to me what it felt like. And we went from, well, it hurts. Yes, it hurts extremely. And then, well, it ended up she could describe it as it felt like she was being stabbed in the back. Now, that's it's no coincidence that we have metaphorical language like pain in the neck or stabbed in the back. Right. So when I got, I asked the, the, the question, who's stabbing you in the back? And when she was able to identify and realize what had happened and had an emotional breakthrough of sobbing and sobbing in that moment, I actually felt the disc suck back up into its position under my hand. And um, she was now, again, it's it's not me, it's the person, right, was able to do that. But, uh, you know, a disc can last weeks and weeks. And this, she was able to get up off the table and walk, and when her friends came back to pick her up, she walked out to the car. So it was pretty amazing. And to, for somebody who might be listening who's saying, yeah, but I fell off my bike or yeah, but I was in a car accident. I actually had someone say to me, and it's been it's been on my mind for a while recently. They said, it's interesting the part of the body that responds or is injured, by, say, by an accident or by, um, maybe you can talk about that a little bit, if that makes sense. Um, so if we have an accident, you know, the the weakest part of the body might might 
be that injured part. It's so true that we do tend as human beings and having learned our adaptions to the world and how to be in the world, we tend to have areas like people will say, I always hurt my right side. I always hurt my right arm. I always hurt my right leg, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. um, or left, you know, and no matter what kind of accident happens or fall or whatever, it's that place that gets hurt. And it's no coincidence when you go deeper into working with the emotional issues and the memories that are stored in that person, that they're stored in that area. So um, it's like that area knows how to, how to exhibit the symptom and knows how to get hurt, if you will. And so you will tend to hurt the same place. Um, but it's also very interesting that sometimes people will fall or like I, I had a woman, um, again, I'm trying to, I'm using things from years ago because you know they're less related at sure. a woman who had a frozen shoulder and oh my goodness, frozen shoulder is so tough. And if, if the personal go to the emotional thing though, right? So there was a lot happening with her job that was, she was feeling stuck and trapped and frozen shoulder. Um, and it hurts so bad, you know, you can't move it a lot. So it's a very gentle, slow kind of process. She slipped on the ice and hit her elbow on the bumper of her car and shoved her shoulder through. There's no way she would let me do that to her. Okay. (laughs) But she fell in exactly the right way to exactly break through the holding of the soft tissue that boy, we were able to just do that. Now she had had an emotional breakthrough that day. And when she went home from here, she slipped on the ice before she went in her house. And, uh, wow. you know, gives whole uh, new meaning to the, the, the term. There are no accidents. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. There are no accidents. And, you know, I think that life is, you know, it's not that we're being tested it's not that we're being uh, pushed to our limit. It is that the universe is conspiring, God, goddess, however you want to call, to present us with experiences in life so that we can, can have the setup, if you will, to face the challenges, the opportunities to grow and learn from our life. It's not uh, to make you suffer. It's all about waking up. It's a it's all a wake up call. I find. But, yes. So yeah. on that note, can you tell us like has has this process of you've been working with the body, which is funny. I mean, we kind of throw the body away in our culture, but you've been working with the body and with other with people. So you've really learned about the wisdom of the body. But what has the body informed you personally about your soul? Hmm. You know, the, uh, like I was saying, the, the body the body is really the metaphor uh, that's representing who you are um, as a person, where you're at, and your spiritual growth. And when you look at how you live your life and your attitudes and your emotions, it is an insight, insight into your unique individual expression of spirit. And... Um, you know, I have seen people 
who have tried to bypass the body. They just want to go right past the body into a higher state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And we're in the human experience because we are in the body and this is the stage we're at in our spiritual evolution. And we need to, uh, to honor it and to utilize the tool that it is. So if we say, have a shoulder injury like I had recently. <laughs> it's funny you brought up frozen shoulder. It never quite got frozen, but it was it was pretty pretty painful. And I blamed it on yoga teacher training, but I I, I suspect that there is deeper shouldering the burden issues there. So um, yeah, so yeah. so this is how you look at it, right, okay. Connie? Go. <laughs> how does it feel to you physically now? So this is a good time to do that exercise. Okay. Good. Should we do it? Yeah. Okay. So what I invite your listeners now, of course, if you're driving the car, please, you know, uh, pull over for a second. <laughs> it's not long. Uh, close your eyes, take some nice breaths, and become aware of that place in you that's been injured recently or that's been trying to get your attention. And allow yourself to become acutely aware aware of how it feels to you physically. Does it feel tight? Does it feel pressure? Is the pressure from outside in or inside out? Does it feel like a pen or a needle or a knife? Does it connect to somewhere else? Describe whatever comes to you how it feels to you physically. And then notice, as you're paying attention, is there a color associated? Is there a shape there? Or it, does it feel like there's the shape of something in that area? And just noting it, not trying to figure out why or where did it come from. That's a totally different thing. Right now, we just want to experience it through our senses. And then notice, is there an emotion? There might, and there might not be. Just noticing. And then once you have those pieces, acknowledge the area by saying, I know you feel blank right now. I know you feel tight right now. I see that dark blue color. And I know you're sad. Just acknowledge whatever it is that you have discovered and then ask the simple question and be ready to be quiet after ask, do you have a message for me? And then be quiet and allow the place to reveal to you. It might be a sensation. It might be a change in sensation, color, shape. It might be a memory of a person, place, or thing. And once you have that, you thank the area for talking to you. Give it some breath. Breathe into there. Thank it. And then come back to the room. So this is a simple way to start to listen instead of try to figure out. And that's the key. Wow. So what did you, what did you get, Connie? <laughs> Well, I got a whole bunch of stuff and I'm, I, I, one of the things as I was, I was not completely present cause I was going, where did she come up with all those great questions? <laughs> is, is that, is that from your practice? All those great questions? 
It is. It's from my experience. You know, I, I've been uh, in practice now. Gee, it's, you know, 30, going on 30 some years. And um, just working with people, there's certain ways of asking questions that are more effective. Mm-hmm. And why is usually not effective. And I, I really try to get people to shy away from that question because it's, you know, why did this happen to me? Why are you hurting? It's almost, you know, it, it puts the place on a defensive. It's more like, um, you know, what do you feel like acknowledging it? And then what are you teaching me? What do you want me to know? You know, those kind of questions you'll get answers to. Whereas uh, just like in your own life, if somebody comes up and says, why are you sitting like that? You know, you start to defend. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, yes, it's from just the years of experience and what works and what doesn't work. It's so compassionate, so self-compassionate. Yeah. Yes. That is a great uh, – I'm going to work with that <laughs> when I'm not yes. on the podcast. It's a really great place to start. I love that. And there's well, so many more in that book. So Yes, and, you know, on my website at TonyLuisaRivera.com, I have free MP3 downloads of the first couple exercises, and then I'm getting ready to add more uh, to – so if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll get free chapters from the book and – mp3 downloads free of uh, me leading you through uh, the exercises just like I just did. That's awesome. And we'll give that information at the end as well. You say in your book that Deepak Chopra talks about our body eavesdropping on our thoughts all the time. And it is responding to the thoughts in kind. So it produces results that are in direct concert with our deepest thought patterns. Can you talk about some ways that we can change the way we think so that we can think thoughts that are in he, that are more healing for the body as opposed to more mm-hmm. detrimental? It's such an, a, uh, a necessary thing to do. Step one is notice what you habitually think and say to yourself. Um, it's amazing how we can actually not even hear what we are saying to ourselves in our head. And, um, that was one of my first discoveries when it, it was like a, a hammer on the head. How horrible is that? That I, that's how I used to talk to myself. How terrible you are, Tony. How bad, how mean you are. When on the outside, no one would say that, but on the inside, I was saying that to myself. So first is to notice what you're, what you're saying and then to start to counter that in a conscious way. Um, for instance, uh, Tony, that was a terrible thing to say. You're so mean. And then my other voice would say, that wasn't very nice. I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to hurt the person's feeling, you know, so you start to develop a, another voice, but some of these thought patterns are not formed. And Deepak Chopra really makes this point of how the, the unconscious streams of thought, and we learn how to treat ourselves from our primary caregivers and it's not what they say it's how they treat us so it's a very energetic thing Mm -hmm. and the deepest most effective way to change those is meditation and uh, whatever way of meditation people need to experiment with what works for them but to actually calm the mind deeply and going to a deeper state, it can actually change the grooves in our brain. And this whole new science of uh, neuroplasticity mm-hmm. and changing the thought patterns, really the most effective is meditation. Yeah, meditation is, I, I think everybody should be meditating. We should teach it in schools. Yeah. Yes. 
I had a question. It's a little bit selfish, but for some of my listeners are body workers and yoga teachers and and other light workers, other wounded healers. Do you have any suggestions for those of us who work with people for being um, more intuitive with our touch? Because I notice like sometimes I'll give a little neck massage at the end of a yoga class and every once in a while someone will jump. <laughs> and I I need to be more in tune with their energy and their their body so that I don't because I, I that's the last thing I want to do is startle someone or right know, trigger it's, some some something in them well and this is exactly I do work with body workers and I'm just really launching my intuitive mastery training first that. is to learn your own language but with body workers with anybody working with anyone else is how to be so present with yourself that you really know how you are in that moment and should you be touching, right? Mm. Um, And clearing yourself to be present in that moment to that person. And then with the touch, it's uh, so amazing how we, we so much are doers, you know, we, we want to do something, rub that muscle, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But first perhaps is allowing yourself to, receive from that body a message of maybe even asking I I do a scan with my eyes before I touch but uh, you would have to start to play with it like asking that body where do you want me to go and see how you get the answer is it words or does a place of the body just attract you and then place your hand before you do anything put your hand and listen to that place and so before emitting any energy to do something you really receive where are you at? Maybe even ask that question, you know, a receiving kind of question. How are you right now or what's happening for you in your mind's eye, you know, sure, in sure, your mind sure. to that place. But those messages get transmitted through your hand, through your touch, even though it's in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it comes out and then you'll be guided to. And when you start to touch, the body will tell you, and this is what I teach, the body will tell you how deep, how long uh, to be there, everything in its response to you, just like dancing with a partner who's leading you. Um, Every nuance is transmitted through the touch. Mm, That's so fascinating. And I I have been wanting to go to Santa Fe, so I'm going to take a look at your workshops. Um, So the book is The Propelled Heart, Moving from Injury to Insight. And for more information about the book and any of Dr. Tony's workshops or working with her, all her great resources, give us your information one more time. Uh, the website. The website is TonyLuisaRivera.com. So that's T-O-N-I-L-U-I-S-A-R-I-V-E-R-A. Tony Luisa Rivera.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter with the same handle, Tony Luisa Rivera. And um, the book is The Propelled Heart Moving from Injury to Insight. And that is available on Amazon.com as an ebook or paperback. Awesome. And it's so good, you guys. You need to read it. It's just such an honest and, and revealing and just heart opening. I felt like my heart opened when I read your book. Absolutely. Beautiful. Thank you. 
as we celebrate Valentine's Day this week. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I hope we can stay in touch and learn. I can learn more from you. So this is beautiful. Well, I hope we stay in touch also. I would love to do more with you. It's wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Back to Happy, A Journey of Hope, Healing, and Waking Up, is a small but powerful book about healing from one of life's greatest tragedies, the loss of a child. It's about love and sadness and being human. The nine lessons in Back to Happy are intended to be food for a broken but awakening soul. Healing from grief and loss is possible. Finding joy again is possible. Back to Happy, in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook at Amazon.com. For more information, visit backtohappybook.com.